Hi, I'm Matt Dawson, and welcome to OrthoScience Bites. Today I'm joined by Dr. Alistair Gammy. Dr. Gammy holds a diploma for the Royal College of Pathologists. He worked for 22 years in the UK National Health Service. In 2016, he joined Orthoclinical Diagnostics as a Senior Global Director for Value Metrics. He is Lean Healthcare accredited and has been involved in the laboratory consulting services for over 20 years, looking at workflow, simulation, modeling, Lean Six Sigma projects, laboratory design, automation, and reorganization. He has looked at workflow in laboratories throughout Europe, Middle East, Africa, Asia, USA, and South America. He has been involved with continuous improvements and top plus business excellence, which places a high priority on green and sustainability. Dr. Gami is an EFQM European Awards Assessor, as he has observed the use of the EFQM model in multiple sectors. So thank you so much for joining us today, Alistair. Thank you for having me, Matt. It's a, it's a real pleasure. So to open up our conversation, you know, obviously with your great background, can you explain a bit about how process excellence and lean, are they the same thing or how are they different? Um, no, I think um, we would look at process excellence really being an umbrella term covering a number of methodologies that we can use to help labs improve performance. And we tend to go with the word process excellence rather than operational excellence as we concentrate on how the process is managed rather than how people are managed. So when we when we start to get down to the methodologies, we tend to use three main ones, and that's Lean, Six Sigma, and the theory of constraints. And each of them have their own strengths. And Lean is our most used weapon, uh, as this is the most visual, and focuses on the removal of waste by reducing non-value-added activity. When you look at a true Six Sigma project, they would take around three to 12 months. And as the master black belt who trained me said, it should realize a minimum five-figure saving. And for that reason, we tend to use just the define and measure from the domaict. Um, and that's that's quite a well-proven method. So a lot of people use define and measure and, and then use lean afterwards. From a, a theory of constraints, that's best used to look at things like phlebotomy cues. But I, I would go back and say that the real strength of our consultants is that they will assess the workflow and then choose the most appropriate tools to meet the needs of individual laboratories. Great. So, you know, when you go and start to look at a lab and a workflow to assess it, what does that process look like? How do you start that assessment? Okay, so the, the first thing that we do is, is to understand the voice of the customer. And it's really key to understand what the challenges of the customer are and what they're looking to achieve. And we would normally then have a walk through the lab with the lab manager, and, and this serves two purposes. One is we see how the lab manager describes their process, and it also shows that the lab staff know that we're meant to be there, which, which, which can be helpful. And we'll normally stay in the lab through a minimum of two shifts. Oftentimes, we'll do across all three shifts, depending on how busy the lab is. And it's interesting at times to see how processes change on these different shifts. And it's also interesting to see how labs actually, how the lab works compared to how the lab manager thinks it works, um, which, is, which, is, which is interesting and is usually very insightful when we report back. And, and the key is to watch the process and then ask questions to understand what you're seeing. And, and our aim is to understand the way your lab works better than you 
So it's key that to be there for a sufficient length of time. We'll also measure the processes using various volumetrics tools and lean tools, and with permission, take photographs because, as everyone knows, a picture speaks a thousand words. Great. And so you, know, you spoke about being there across multiple shifts and trying to use a lot of recording methodology. What is it that you're specifically looking for? What are you trying to observe? What are the things you're trying to identify through that process? Okay, so you know, if, if we talk in uh, around the transfusion medicine lab, um, you know, the overall approaches don't change that much between laboratory types, but we do understand you know, that tra- transfusion medicine and donor screening labs have their own heartbeat, and our consultants understand this. Um, and what they're trying to do is looking for how the lab is executing its processes. For example, one thing we report on is the process strengths of the lab. And then if you look at things like single piece flow, that's quite different in transfusion medicine compared to a clean lab. And, and we'll look and measure the sample flow and the operator processes. And, and this really brings into play how the lab assistants and the technicians interact with each other as they bring that sample through the lab from receipt through to cross match through to 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 typing um and and then if necessary to um to dispatching the blood um and and again other things that we'd look at is maybe we'd sit down and measure how antigen testing is being performed and um it really depends on whether the lab is using manual semi-automated or automated processes and, and how much they've, they've automated as to where the consultant focused their analysis. Great. And so, you know, you've, you've kind of, as I follow this, you've looked at everything you've done. You've tried to map out a bunch of different processes. You've tried to apply some of your different uh, tools and techniques. So you've now got a bunch of observations. What do you do with that? And how do you turn this whole mass of data into something that's actionable and, as you said, provide savings or help to that lab. Yeah, so this is really where the consultants earn their salaries. You know, so we'll take our notes, our observations, our measurements, and, and the first thing we'll do is build the current process. Um, and, and whether that's a story or or or, or whether it's a um, you know it's it's a design. Basically, the the important thing is that our consultants need to be able to go back to the lab and to be able to explain to everybody what that current process looks like and how it works, why it works. Because if a customer doesn't believe that you understand the way they currently work, why would they believe any kind of future vision for them? So we like to consider ourselves trusted advisors. And whilst we may work for ortho, our advice really should primarily benefit the customer. So we'll build a future vision for the lab. That's where we use things like simulations, process maps, spaghetti maps to provide evidence that our recommendations will really lead to improvement. And then finally, we'll create 2D and 3D renderings of the future setup so the lab can visualize the future and obviously at that point provide feedback. And it's the, the great thing about consulting is it isn't a one-way street. You know, we go in and listen. We then come back and, and actually explain what we believe. And then the customer comes back. And then we go through iterations until we actually get to that future vision that the customer can say, yeah, that really 
meets everything that I'm trying to do and actually has opened my eyes to some of the things that I, I hadn't realized. And you've actually confirmed a lot of things that I knew, but we hadn't been able to change. So, you know, it's really fascinating. You talked about this whole process. Do you have any examples of some of the types of changes or the types of recommendations you've done and what impact that might have had for customers? Um, yeah. So, you know, one of the things it's a lot of times what you're trying to do is that you'll go into a lab and you'll spend, you know, you'll spend a day or even two days there and you'll, you'll, you'll see maybe 10, 15, 20 things that are, are not really, uh, you know, they're, they're not, they're not the best, but the, the real, the real key to consulting is actually identifying those few things that make the most difference. So, for example, one of the things that we would be we would be looking at are other areas where you might actually increase the amount of mistakes. So, are there an, is there an area of the lab that's over busy? And we would see that through a spaghetti map, and we we could also maybe see it through a process analysis graph as well. And what we would then try to do is to simplify those steps. So. Um, it's difficult to give you a specific example, um, but to, but basically the, the aim is always going to be that what you're trying to do is simplify the process and automate the process where possible because clearly what you're trying to do for, for every lab is to give them a solution that actually minimizes the amount of hands-on non-value-added time. So the, So the real key part is... If you're doing something that actually could be automated, automate it. And if you're doing, and then let people concentrate on quality. Because at the end of the day, we never have enough time for quality. So I I would say, you know, some of the examples of things we do maybe very simple, but we might move a refrigerator. We might move a blood bank fridge. We may actually just just because what's happening is that people are walking, they're walking across each other and they may be, it's always, it always sounds a little weird, but what can happen is that somebody who's walking 300 yards a day doesn't seem very much, but multiply that by 300 days, that's a lot of yardage. And if you've got a lot of people doing that, by just moving a few things, by putting some lean design into where the analyzers are, and where all of the steps are. So where's the centrifugation step? Where's the receipt step? So actually bring in that whole design so it becomes a work cell, can then completely improve the way the lab works, reduces foot traffic, decreases the amount of mistakes that could potentially happen, and and actually makes it an easier place to work for the staff. That's great. So that kind of reaches the end of my questions. Um, So... I want to know personally, again, first of all, thank you very much for taking the time with us and sharing your expertise. And I was wondering if you had any parting thoughts or any parting recommendations to folks about uh, process improvement in their own labs. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the most important thing about process, process improvement is not to try and fix everything in one go. You know, I, I just said it, I, and I've seen, I've seen it before where consultants have provided a laundry list of improvement actions and given no order of priority. And, and I believe in the power laws. So the Pareto law, 80-20, 80% 20, 
you can actually pull that down to 64-4, which basically is saying that 64% of issues are created by 4% of bad processes. So the secret is identifying those processes, and that gives you a win-win because if you can make people's lives, lives happy in a simple and a fast way, um, then it really kickstarts the plan, do, check, act, continuous improvement cycle. So my advice is try to identify those one, two, or three big things that you know are causing you a problem and work on those, give everybody a win-win, and then you can pull. You can then start continuous improvement in a, in a structured fashion because everybody knows that it works. Fabulous. So I hope everyone enjoyed this podcast episode about process excellence and how it can improve the lab's performance. I'd ask everyone to please make sure to review the sections within this podcast description for the reading materials we've suggested that might help you. Um, there you'll find materials for further learning and education. So to, based on today's podcast, I leave you with our pop quiz. What's the difference between lean and process excellence? You can always go back and listen again if you missed it. So thank you so much for listening today. Please subscribe to Ortho Science Bites, our monthly podcast, where we will be discussing more complex questions we face every day in our labs. Brought to you by Ortho Clinical Diagnostics, pioneering advances in diagnostics for 80 years because every test is a life. Take care, stay healthy, and safe.